Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're going to be talking about Avengers, 2012's Avengers. We're revisiting it for our Infinity Saga rewatch, and I am pumped to talk about this classic of classic of all movies, right? Like, it's not even just a classic of, of in Marvel, so I'm ready to talk about it. Let's do this right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, what's happening, my friend? Oh man, we have been—I've been waiting for this since we started talking about the rewatch because I love yeah. all the movies, but I mean, this has been like—I've been waiting for this. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's—I mean, there's certain ones that are just amazing to watch, amazing to talk about, and they're just like moments in cinema history, you know? Like, and yeah. this is one of those. This is um, them pulling off something that no other, like series has ever pulled off in this way um we, we've talked about it a little bit in the past but there's, a, there's other series in the past that have had like really good running connected universes but nothing where they like in the matter of four years they built a expansive universe and that had such a huge crossover event that it took the world by storm and like oh, this yeah. movie is what propelled marvel beyond like oh they're a little studio starting out doing good movies this this just made them the thing. I mean, this this is what every other uh, movie studio has been trying to copy ever since, and no one's done it successfully, you know? No, no. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than this movie. I can't even think of how many times I've seen it, right. and I still enjoy it every time. And I think it's paced well. It's executed and acted perfectly. Like, the humor's good, which is important. Um, you know, I feel like we're going to talk about Joss Whedon throughout of it, but sure, yeah. his his formula for what he did in tv shows he brought a little of that here mm -hmm. and it did really work like you can tell everyone working on it is really just giving their best and it shows yeah 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 something we talked a lot about actually last week on last week's episode with jeff uh on thursday what was the friday episode that we dropped uh we were kind of i don't know how we got on it but it made me look at this movie through a different lens which was what is everyone's point of view like and and something we talked about we we often talk about what is everyone's motivations and like mm -hmm. they're they're very similar ideas but like motivation and point of view are very different but also very related often um and it's just really interesting to looking at it through that lens and thinking about like what everyone like they do such a good job of every character has their own point of view their own motivation uh one of the things we were talking about is this is you you would have hated this conversation we we joked about you turning it off once we said temporal um but like <sighs> we talked about the idea of this like sort of temporal point of view where thor is always looking at the future in these early movies because he's thinking about being king he's like always looking at the future nat mm -hmm. is always looking at the past trying to like fix her ledger like tony is very like not He's like in his own world, sort of, and like Cap is just looking at what's in front of him. He's like in the moment. Yeah, well, Cap is stuck in a moment, and I think yeah. oh, that's something true. I really took out of watching this is I was paying attention to everybody's costumes, and like in this movie, Cap dresses like my grandfather. He's got the, <laughs> totally. the pants. He's got the tucked in, pulled in, the long the the jacket. Like he just looks like somebody still who hasn't quite you know acclimated to the time, which is exactly what it's supposed to be. Even his hair is still yeah. very you know forties, thirties, whatever it was. And yeah, like you, even Banner, like they do Banner's costume a little bit, but it's a little disheveled, it's a little dirty, and it has the hints of purple, but it's not like in your face purple. Tony's still dressed like a pretentious, you know, 
teenager with his Black Sabbath, you know, stuff. It's funny. It is interesting to look at. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Cap is Cap is such a fun character in this movie. I'm mad at him most of the time, but I'm like, God, you're just so cute. <laughs> he really fills out those uh, sweatpants. Like, you get the first, like, real, oh, that's America's ass mm-hmm. in the very first scene when he's, yeah. I was like, God. He's in, like, a huge sweatpants thing, and you're still like, God damn, damn. yams. <laughs> Look at him. I did laugh in that scene, though, because I'm like, why did he pick up that punching bag and walk away? You know, they were all laid out there. Like it was at, he's at the gym where the punching mm-hmm. bags live. They're all laid out on the ground. Oh, and then yeah. when he's leaving with Fury, he just picks one up and he takes it with him. I'm like, where are you going with that? Okay. Because <laughs> okay. he's got some more punching <laughs> to do um, wherever he's going. Um, yeah. But well, I was talking about this point of view thing, just to finish what I was saying, like there's a, what, so I started watching this thinking about that. Cause one of the things we were talking about is like that, those four, we kind of like talked about their sort of, the way they view the world and the way they're looking in like temporally in time. Uh, and then right. like I got to Hawkeye and immediately the first thing he says is I see better from far away. And then he, he says something which I thought was so cool. Right. After saying that line, he says doors open from both sides talking about the Tesseract. And it's right. like something no one else had seen because they're looking at it too closely. They're looking at the Tesseract, but just the idea of a door he saw from far away as the concept of a door and how it opens or buses. It's just really cool. The like the way they make every character have their own point of view in a very defined way. And mm-hmm. I think, or at least they're defining it as they go. And it just, I think these characters are so well done for that reason. Um, really, really cool. I do really, and I think this might be my favorite movie with Barton, and I don't know whether it's because half the time he's a bad guy, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> he's a good bad guy. He's a huge menace for them, like he a is, big problem, more sure. than he is. And then, like, he's a, you know, he's a problem for the bad guys, but man, is he a menace against the Avengers themselves. Right. <laughs> Especially with all the, the, the arrows. It's like, wow, he made a special arrow that goes into a special little socket that's on the bridge that's yeah. going to ruin everything. It's a really great point. Everyone always kind of makes fun of Barton for being sort of the, uh, whatever, the power powerless hero on the team myself at times included Sorry, yeah, yeah yeah me too <laughs> it's funny to talk about it that way but i think and, and and this there's also something to say like people have always complained about this movie is really i know he's introduced in thor but this movie is really where you get to know barton uh, right but a lot of the complaints i've heard over the years is you don't really get to know him because he's taken over most of the movie so yeah. like what what's really clever about that i never realized until you said that is like Hawkeye needs to be introduced in a way that doesn't make him a laughing stock. <laughs> yeah, and one way to do right. that is to show how much of a threat he is to the Avengers. And it's not really that he's a threat physically. I think I think any of them could probably take him if it was one-on-one battle, but he's the tactician. He sees things from far away. He so he's mm-hmm. like and he knows all of their secrets. He knows all the shield secrets. So he is such a threat when flipped to the other side that it gives you this sort of like it gives him an aura of respectability for the rest of time, even though we make fun of him for not having powers or whatever, mm-hmm. clinch, clinch up legless, all that stuff. Like he's, yeah, it's a good line. It's such a good line. <laughs> My favorite part with Barton is when he's up on the uh, on the building and he sees Nat go by, and you know Loki's chasing him. He's like, oh, "I got him." It's, it's like a simple mm-hmm. little spot. He says it so casually, and then Loki thinks he's all cool because he grabs it and then it explodes, and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so many great little reversals in that last battle sequence. And like keeping attention for like what is it, like forty minutes to that battle? It is a long, yeah. long time of I, boom boom bangs. I paused it to like we're we're at the final battle. How long is left? And it was like fifty minutes was left on the movie. I was like, 
Dang, dude. That is a long... And some of that's credits, and some of that is... Uh, well, the the end's the very long. The ending. end just kind of keeps going and going. Like, after yeah. they solve things, that's yeah. another, like, 15, 20 that you're like, oh, mm. there's still 20 minutes left, okay? Maybe. Uh, I, I didn't think it was as long as that, but, it, yeah, it's just definitely a little bit. I know that from the soundtrack, because I love the end of this. Nice. I lo- This is such a good soundtrack. Like, we get introduced to Alan Silvestri's theme, mm. and I mean... That's like that flick you in the nose. Like I remember hearing hearing it for the first time at the in the opening, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Someone who's as into scores as I am, I was like, "This." It has my favorite yeah. probably music moment of all of the movies in it. It's um, the end where well, when Banner shows back up, like the right before, you know, oh, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just the full strings doing the theme, and then it just builds and builds and builds, and then we get our first group shot. So all of that together is making my little heart explode explode when I was in the movie. Like, I'm like, am I going to cry or throw up? I don't know what's happening. You know? <laughs> it's just sensory overload. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is. And and it's, I've criticized this movie in the past. Not really criticized. Um, I think this movie is the lightest on character development or one of the lightest on character development in the MCU. Yeah. But it, that's why, in in many ways, that's why it works so well is because it's, it's not about the character development. There is some, uh, and I really mm-hmm. tried to watch it for that this time because, like in the past, I haven't. So, like I, I've always think about this movie as like bang bang pow pow, lots right. of action. And there, but there definitely is some really cool character development. It's just spread out to so many characters that it doesn't feel like much momentum is happening in the yeah. in the characterizations. But like it, it, it that's what's so it, it is it is using the. MCU, like the idea of the connected universe in the way it is meant to be. We've got the characters. They're developed. They're there. And then we just right. have this amazing thing. Well, that's what we did with the other movies, which other places don't do, is mm-hmm. give the time to the characters to develop it so that when you jump into the group movie, I'm going to use Justice League as an example, like mm-hmm. you didn't earn that. Half yeah. your people didn't, like I'm like not, a couple people didn't have their movies, but they were at least introduced in them and not just like, a, oh, they're on a, a hard drive in Lex Luthor's whatever. They they gave them the time to to be able to throw you into this and be like, okay, you should kind of know who they are, but you don't have to if you're a dirty casual, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, man, I was really torn. I was needing to watch this movie, and I've been starting to show my girlfriend the the MCU. She had never watched anything, so she watched uh, Iron Man, Iron Man Two with me, and like sort of what I think. Uh, yeah, that's about it right now. And so we started watching through it, and I really had to watch this last night, and I really wanted to watch it with her because I was like, you, I, I want to show it to you. And I was like, no, you won't. Like, it, like <laughs> I feel like it's the worst one to watch if you don't know anything in a way, like yeah. because it's so boom, boom, pow, pow, that it, if you don't know the characters, it feels very empty almost. But if, like, I just started. I just started thinking about like she's not going to know who Thor is. She doesn't know what an Asgardian is. Like like all this stuff is not really well developed in the film. It's like very much Mm-mm. thrown in there. You're supposed to know who these characters are and just jump in and do it. And it's a uh, like all those references to Loki's attack and like when he's like, "Why were you building these weapons?" Like because of you. And it's like all right. these things that like, you. We talk about how they like WandaVision was required to like get uh, Multiverse of Madness, like those little things of like 
where the inner universe is connected to the point where you can't miss anything. I feel like that's something that was going on from the beginning because you really yeah. can't. The only one you probably could have missed is Thor. Like you don't. I mean, I'm sorry, Hulk. You don't have to watch okay. Hulk before oh you. And you need Thor. You need you Iron need Man. Thor. You need Captain America. Um, you you have to see those movies before watching this um, and understanding who the characters are and what's going on. Well, that's why I like how they kind of like really started that. And I'm glad that they leaned into it. It's like, sure, you can just come do this, but you definitely should watch these other movies just to enjoy it. And everybody was like, okay, we'll watch them. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do it. We'll do the work. Well, and it's also like doing the work was different then because it's like one a year or two a year, maybe. Like it was like this very sparse thing. And now it's so much. And that's so much. You know, it's what we've talked about so much is like, we're in for it. We're loving it. We're like feed us all the Marvel, but it's like, what point do you like oversaturate to those casual fans who like aren't wanting to see every little thing and then making things dependent on each other? It starts to become an issue. Yeah. But back sure. in this moment, you really could just like, come on, come, come on the ride with me. We're only, it's only one movie a year, two movies a year, maybe three once you get close to end game. But like, at that point, so many people were on the ride, and I do think that the the saturation of Phase Four sort of like I still love a lot of the stuff. I don't think all of like I'm not a big criticizer of Phase Four, but I think a lot of the right. lack of success is because it's the casual people are falling off because they yeah. feel it's like still they're not very lost. connected. Well, that they're too. trying that too. Like it yeah. feels it feels like you it, it's it's a it's a weird catch twenty two where like. You feel like because it's not connected, you can skip something. But once you're skipping things, you start to fall out of it. You know, like you're yep. like falling out of the universe. And um, yeah, I mean, and I'm not doing that, but I know that like I think that's a lot of what's going on with the sort of like diminished returns and the diminished viewings and stuff, and it, the less cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to impact your snacking this Christmas season, uh, you need to, you need to hit up nuts.com. They got all your favorite snacks. They got candies like butterscotch, fudge, licorice. They have these amazing bourbon pecans, like mm-hmm. sweet and spicy pecans. Ooh, that's, that's so good. Pecan brittle, uh, butter toffee pecans. It's just going to make you feel like just Christmas in your mouth. Uh, you <laughs> need to get get to nuts.com um it is a one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts dried fruit sweets pantry staples like specialty flowers and more uh their wide selection means there is something for everyone uh what do you think of uh nuts.com's uh wares ashley i abs like i love it i love nuts i eat them constantly i always Use them as like a substitute when mm-hmm. I'm dieting or or just trying to feel better. Yeah, <laughs> they make me feel. I always have them in the morning with like fruit or and so these were perfect. Plus, I, you know, going to New York City a lot as a kid. Did you ever get the? They have these nut stands, uh, like warm nuts, mm-hmm. and it's always like cashews, almonds, and pecans. This their bourbon pecans were like the closest thing that I've Ooh. gotten to that same flavor that those ones have. It's so good. Yeah. It's just a little nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly. I, I've had those street vendor uh, nuts oh, the before. Best. I do, I do this love is, them. This is um, like pretty much the same thing. So I was thrilled about the bourbon pecans. Well, and I think it's for the, for this reason. Uh, they really focus on quality. Uh, they roast their nuts and pop their popcorns, which is another thing they have, on the same day they ship. Uh, so they mm. are really, really deliciously fresh. Um, satisfaction is guaranteed. Uh, I just really had a, they were really great, really great stuff. Like you said, the bourbon pecans were one of my favorites and also the dried mango was one of my favorites. I really loved that.
that. So if you guys want to try these or send them to a friend for the holidays, right now Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at Nuts.com slash MCU. So go check out all the delicious options at Nuts.com slash MCU. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's Nuts.com slash MCU. You know who's nuts. Who? <laughs> Loki. Loki's a little Loki. nuts in this one. Listen, I love evil Loki. Mm-hmm. Me too. I like that they push it, too, with this one, because it's like, oh, you just, you can't help but like him. But that, that Phil Coulson stuff, that's a little difficult to swallow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it was so, that's the thing, like, watching this movie now with all the context of years of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and seeing who Coulson is here and seeing all that. Like, I don't know how much you know. Like, I know you haven't seen all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, some of the things, like, do you know the stuff with, like, uh, who, like, the Security Council with this? So, there's a, there's, I think, mm, power, mm, nope, I'm getting his name wrong. Hold on. Who plays Gideon Malik? It's something Booth. Maybe I had you have it right. <laughs> Gideon Malik. Powers Booth. That's what I was going to say, but it didn't sound right in my head. Um, so one of the sort of main security council guy is named uh, Gideon Malik. Or I'm sorry, his Powers Booth is the guy who plays him. And they never officially say it's the same guy, but it clearly is. And in Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D., he comes back as that character who's on the security council, and he is one of the heads of HYDRA. And so like, you kind of get this, when you're rewatching it after knowing him for a couple of seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's really cool to see him in this like shadowy figure, and you hear his voice, and you know who it is, because you know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's really fun. And just like the first scene, you see Coulson walking around like taking orders from Fury. Coulson goes on a really cool journey from seven for seven seasons of that show where he mm-hmm. starts off as, you know, middleman. He's the middle manager. He's he's leading a team, of course, but he also has bosses and he's kind of doing what they say. And by the right. end, he's uh, well, not by the end, but throughout the series, he's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so okay. like he once once it falls, he like takes control of S.H.I.E.L.D. and becomes the leader of it. And so it's really cool to see, I don't know, just the, this version of Coulson that's sort of like a yes man to Fury and being like, yes sir, you got it. Uh, and when he says, it'll be about an hour before we have it clear, and he says, do better. And it's like, that's not the Coulson we know from S.H.I.E.L.D. It's like he, he develops right. into such a leader on that show that him just being told to do better was so funny to me. It was like, <laughs> And I love it. I love that that's, that's a journey he takes. In the first season, he's very much still that guy, but by the end, he's completely di- a different guy. He's, he's like led for years and then eventually like is doing something totally different at the end. Um, really, really great uh, to see those little like Easter eggs. And it just made me think a lot about like, where Hydra was going. Like when the security council sends us two guys with the bombs, the, the two rogue birds, as they call them, mm-hmm. I got, I was wondering like someone on that ship has to be more like loyal to the security council than they are to fury. Like sure. They're his bosses, but like, maybe it's just a power structure thing, but like, it made right. me think like, especially with power with a uh, Gideon Malik, that character being on the security council. It made me for sure think that like those were Hydra dudes, right? Like, Oh yeah, to happen, well, for sure. For sure. Cause that's a little extreme. Oh yeah. Not knowing if a nuke is going to stop the alien invasion, but you're going to nuke all of Manhattan anyway. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem like something anyone would do. Yeah. Not, not smart. I mean, like that's some Hydra stuff. It is some Hydra <laughs> stuff. It's very much like, 
well, they don't mind doing the bad thing, and they want the world for themselves. They don't want this other uh, the Chitari to take it. So they they're like, we'll 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 take these Chitari out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, apparently, just guns took them out, but they didn't know that. Yeah. You know. Well, it was the nuke in the end that took them out. Like it's the nuke hitting the like the, whatever the important ship. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> the Eiffel Tower <laughs> and everything. Not the Eiffel Tower. Jesus, I'm not tired. Not hitting <laughs> the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well it's funny because i'd like to think i i do think sometimes that if it wasn't a joss whedon movie if they would have even killed colson off because that's such a whedon thing to do he loves a meaningful death of an enjoyable character he does it through all of his films um i don't know i don't i wonder if someone else was doing it if they would have actually killed that character off because mm-hmm. he loves that he, he does and i love i love it too i i think that uh and it is very much a Joss Whedon thing. He's done it in a, many of his properties. And it's like, you kill someone off to let the audience know the stakes. Like, that's a Joss Whedon thing, forwards and backwards, through almost every one of his uh, major properties. Someone in, like, the final battle, or the final battle of the season, someone that you really care about is going to die, and it's going to rally the troops and make you think that there's a moment in Serenity uh, I, won't, mm-hmm. I won't spoil it, but like in Serenity, one of the characters dies. And then there's a moment like 10 minutes later where there's this despair and everyone's like, it looks like everyone's going to die. It looks like it's going to be a full yeah, party it's wipe. Really bad. <laughs> and like, they're all, they're all look like they're going to die. And because that character you love just died, it feels like it's possible. If no other character had died in the movie, it, I don't think it would have felt possible. But like, because of that, it feels Oh man, he's he's killed one of them. He might kill all of them. You know, it's like really, really mm-hmm. intense. So I, I'm I'm on board. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad he get his gets his last little dig into with Loki. Mm-hmm. Like he tricks him and gets him to kind of come over to start. Like I don't think you understand that. Plow. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's what it does. Yes. You just love it, and you're like, oh man. That, that that's what he does. His does line is so Coulson. Just like I mm-hmm. love it. I love it so much. I do like to think that. Coulson gave Fury the idea to use what happened and it was not some kind of like trick because Hill, you know, Hill's like, you know, those weren't in his thing. Those were not in his pocket. They were in his locker. Mm-hmm. But Coulson was the one who was like, oh, this will bring them together. I'm like, yeah, he that? said that it, it, it was always going to need someone to die to make them br- bring them together. Um, he doesn't yeah, say those Yeah, so he kind of gave him the idea to do that. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if he would have done it anyway, but I do think it kind of like gives, I often think about that because there's a real ethical issue there of like, you're lying to people. It's basically propaganda. You're lying to yeah. people to convince them to go to war, you know? Um, and yep. like, how ethical is that? And in this situation, it's sort of like is waved off because he gives him permission. Basically, he doesn't actually say that, but the only thing I think he didn't give him permission, I don't think he would let him destroy those cards. No, they were vintage. Yeah, and the fact that like he not only took them out of his locker, he had to take them out of those little plastic protectors. You know Coulson would have had those little plastic protectors. They would not have just been cardboard in his pocket. No way. Mm-mm. Or just no way. cardboard in his locker. No way. He would have had them in like acid-free little baggies to protect the cards. <laughs> I'm like, where did he get the blood? Did he go like? Yeah, he had to go dip it through. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh, that fury, that fury, that fury. And actually, uh, you know, I was talking earlier about the different characters and like their points of view. I was thinking about Fury and Fury's point of view. Fury's thing that he sees that no one else does is the like 
who the other characters are. He kind of sees the whole board, you know what I mean? Like he sees, he sees yeah. everyone's motivation and it's just really interesting um the way he sort of manipulates everybody to do the thing. Um by sending Nat to get Banner and not the Hulk. Like that's a, such a master thing master stroke because he's not asking for hey come be a violent hulk he's saying we need you for your brain like the thing that mm-hmm. you value about yourself we also value and that gets him on board and then of course he wanted the hulk for a fight but like he didn't say that it's really clever yeah He's, that's why I love the scene at the end when he finally, it's just him, Tony, and Cap at the table. And he's finally like, there was an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says the whole speech. He's like, yes, we were making these weapons, but it's because of this, this, and this. Because they're not screaming at each other like they are in the other room <laughs> when they were all getting yeah. uh, influenced by the, the scepter. But I mean, he's so not good. wrong. You know, he's not wrong if this was actually what was happening and there were aliens and whatever coming down that could just completely obliterate us. We got to do something. Yeah. Um, and. He says, I never put my full chips behind that play. Talking about the Hydra weapons, he's like, I never right. put my chips on that. My chips were over here on you guys. Like, I was yeah. betting on you guys. And it's like, it's clear from this movie that Fury, while he's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., he doesn't have all control. The Security Council's also pushing ideas and making them do things. And so I have a feeling like he didn't want them to make these weapons of mass destruction, like they say, but he wanted mm-hmm. to build a team. And that's what he does. Yeah. What's the bald guy with the glasses who's Hydra that we always see throughout the whole Sitwell. thing? I cannot remember. Sitwell? Yeah. That was it. Every time I see him, I'm like, God damn you. <laughs> I'm like, there you are, you weasel. It's really fun. Again, talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's one of the characters. He like leaves uh, on, a, on episode 17 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He leaves and says, I got to go get on the Lemurian Star. And that's the oh, boat cool. he's on at the beginning of uh, yeah, yeah, Cap. Yeah. And so it's like just so connected. Um, really, really great. I love, I love that. That's fun. That is fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the, it, like, that show has its amazing moments and has its misses. But, like, the connectivity they were able to do in the first season is just, like, really cool. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's good. And I know most people, a lot of our listeners have seen it. And, like, it's just the, the connectivity of... You're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about S.H.I.E.L.D., and then that comes out on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, they drop the Hydra reveal in uh, Winter Soldier. And then immediately on Tuesday, you had an episode where you find out people in the team that you've been watching were Hydra. And it's just like, oh, my Lord. Like, it's just so cool. That's fun. And it was, like, so for us. Like, it was exactly for the people who are, like, watching every week on TV and then going to the movies and then immediately watching the TV show again. You know, like, there's no – they didn't, like, give it a buffer week or anything like that. It just – they just did it. It was just – I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I love the opening with Nat because it's not like we haven't been introduced to her and don't know what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But, God, that – her intro is so awesome. She beats their ass in bare feet. And her stunt woman, I uh, think Heidi Money Moneymaker, mm. is amazing. She's so good. Yeah. And it just brings this whole new level. Like you saw it in Iron Man, but it really brings a whole new level to her because she isn't a super powered person. Mm-hmm. But God, the way that she can fight, it just it, it's not that it's obtainable, but you're just like, maybe one day I could work out and do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, wow. She's beating up all these guys. It's so great. Right. <laughs> And aliens. <laughs> and aliens. Oh, man. When she fights some of those Shatari. She's ripping their throats out. <laughs> yeah. And when she jumps up and catches that one, she's like, I got a ride. I could use a lift, though. And like Cap tosses her up onto that ship. I love it. 
favorite part of that scene is he takes a beat to be in awe of what she did. Like he yeah. stops, he watches her and he smiles yes. until he gets shot at and snapped back into it. And oh, I was like, man. everybody should be doing that with Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, we've talked about it before, but like the, the other thing they really introduced in this movie, which goes on to be a thing for her all the way through Black Widow is the idea that she uses people's underestimation of her against them. Um, she does in that first scene when she's tied to the chair where the, right. the guy underestimates her. And so she's able to get all the information. And then later she does it with Loki. He underestimates her and thinks he's got her and he's twisting her. And she, she knows the like pain. He, she can tell he's the kind of man who likes to cause pain. So he yeah, lets her like- <laughs> think he's causing pain until he reveals the information he needs. And then she does the same thing to Drakov in uh, Black Widow. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's just so good. I, lo- I love that through line with her. Like, not only is she physically impressive and amazing, but she has this like really cool sort of trick that she pulls. And I'd like to see more of her. I wish, I wish there'd been more movies focused on her throughout this entire yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I know. I love Loki's like expression when he realizes like what's happening because he he thinks he's you know on top of the world. I love that he called her a mewling quim, and I think they should use old timey insults more often <laughs> in movies just because it's hilarious. I mean, it just means whiny baby, but it sounds so much worse. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it, it sounds really uh, I don't know gross somehow. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. It just means whiny baby. Yeah. But still, yeah, his face, and then yeah the. Just her and then what she's able to do with Barton and then seeing her use a different tactic with bringing Banner in just shows like the range of the things that she can do. But that's where it goes with the good acting. Like if they didn't get these great actors, that scene where uh, he slams on the table and he's like, stop lying to me. Mm -hmm. You can tell she's actively very scared. Like she's got fear because she's a good actor. Mm -hmm. Where I think that doesn't work is on the ship Hmm. where... uh, Banner has already, like, he's running around, he's fighting Thor, and it's like, Barton's loose, can someone get him? And she's down, huddled, like, shaking back and forth in the bottom of the ship, and then she's like, I'll go get him. I didn't, you know, every time I watch that scene, I'm like, I don't think that, like, under pressure, I don't think that's what Natasha would be doing. Yeah. I never liked it. Mm. Mm. I get being scared of the Hulk, but, like, you knew it was happening, he's already gone, he's left you, and you're just sitting there rocking back and forth. I don't know, I never, I just never liked that scene. Yeah, I can see that. I really, I, I can see that. I mean, like, I, I, I guess I need, I need, a, I don't know if I ever noticed that she's just like acting catatonic. She's there. all sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I get, I get being real freaked out for sure. Yeah, oh, but I, sure. But definitely, like, future Natasha. It's also the first time probably she's ever dealt with something like that. Like, it's kind of a Tony moment, right? Like, Tony has an entire movie where he's basically in the fetal position because true. <laughs> he saw the Chitari for the first time and saw something he couldn't explain and it was more powerful than him, you know? And so I think in that moment, she's been through a lot, but it's all been like spy stuff up till now. This was her yeah. first moment where she's like, okay, uh, I'm in the world of gods and monsters now. And I, and like, I, maybe, maybe it would take her a minute to collect herself, but yeah, it, it is definitely not the Nat we know in the future. Who's like, yeah, go to another planet, sacrifice myself off a cliff. I'm good. I'm solid. <laughs> just tell me whatever I need to do. Growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Man, I, I, one thing I kind of noticed in this is that, like, thing with her and Banner, uh, in Age of Ultron, clearly there's, like, a, a romantic subplot um, w- between them. And I always thought that came out of nowhere. But watching this movie, like, it's clear that Joss, 
or, or it was putting them together in a lot of scenes. Like even if they're not like romantic in this movie, Joss did this thing, not just with them, but with multiple of the characters so that there could be these sort of like emotional and character payoffs. He did these things where like throughout the movie, Loki and Thor are in a lot of scenes together. And then like right. Banner and Tony are in a lot of scenes together. And then like Tony and Cap are in a lot of scenes together. There's just certain little duos that you see. And you don't really see it with everybody. Like you don't see a ton mm-hmm. of like Thor and Cap or whatever. But like Mm-mm. it's Natasha and Barton. Yeah, but Natasha and Barton, of course. And then there's Natasha and Bruce are in yep. a lot of scenes Which, together. And then it's good to be making the second Avengers film because you can start laying out things that you're going to do in that one that tie back into this one, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. Just Whedon is a uh, controversial figure these days, and has had a lot of uh, pretty, yes, uh, pretty crappy things come out about him. He's problematic. Problematic. He's a problem. <laughs> but I, 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 I hope that one day he can come. He can make amends for some of his past sins and come to make some more movies because I really do like. Uh, I just lo- I've always loved his work. Um, always loved his work. It, it's it was a hard pill to swallow, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it, you know it happens with a lot of uh, a lot of the people who've been uh, who've had similar things happen to their careers, um, where it's just like, man, damn, like you you were so good. I, like it's that whole I think like it's a power corrupting thing where when people get that much power, they just sometimes they they're just not handling it and they do do really shitty things. I love the second Avengers movie. I think oh, I Ultron is more of a Joss Whedon movie than this one is. Hmm. Because it's more like that we really have jokes in that one. Like you're doing the scenes that we've always talked about, like the movies that I want. That party that Tony has at his house might be one of my favorite scenes in the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just hanging out, having a good time. They do the, the let's all try to lift the hammer. Everyone but Steve is a little drunk. Like, come on. Love it. Yep. I could watch the I could watch an Avengers Christmas movie with them just like decorating mm-hmm. and getting ready and then having a Christmas party and then going to bed. Totally. And I would be first in line for a ticket. <laughs> totally. Uh, I, I really love that that movie. And it, those scenes you're talking about, like the scene in the Christmas party. Uh is it it's not Christmas, is it? It's not a, no, no, I'm just saying that's what like, I would like is just to see a holiday Avengers totally, episode totally. where all they do is have a holiday party. Yeah, yeah. And they decorate and they exchange gifts and have a white elephant <laughs> Me and too. fight over it. Me like, too. Yeah, I want them to do I'm that corny. so bad. <laughs> I really want them to do that. But uh I really love that scene. But even back to this one, like there's so many of those scenes in this one where they're all just Ugh. together and like them sitting around sitting around the table, yes, sit around the table in that first scene where the, the scene where cap says, you know, Oh, I got that reference. Like that, that, that meme that we pass around still to this day. Um, I, uh, I love that scene. And then later you get them arguing over the, over the uh, staff, and that's a whole nother like. It's just them in a room chatting, but man, it's good and fun and so like good, oh, so fun. Banner has my favorite line in that when he's like, uh, "Fury's like, Doctor Banner, we need to escort you." He's like, "Back to where you rented my room." <laughs> like, Get him, Bruce, and he's making this face, and then a little, you know, he's holding the, the. I love when he picks up the scepter. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's gosh. just so you know, you don't see it happen. You have no idea what's going on. He doesn't know what's happening, and then. They never even talk about the fact that the scepter was what was doing that. Yeah. But for some reason, we all just kind of knew. Well, we know because there's that beauty. Again, it's Joss Whedon, man. It's Joss Whedon. Because they do that beautiful shot where they show the, the, thing the like, stone 
And then they, it's the, all of them arguing, but the camera focuses on the stone. So that means the audience knows something's going on with that stone. And then it does this camera move where it flips upside down to show them so arguing cool. upside down, which to me is a, it's the director saying like, the stone is what's doing this. And then showing them upside down is showing like the stone is turning them. Like the stone is like changing them. The stone is inverting them. It's, it's causing them to have these, this battle. Instead of a team, they're becoming this like, uh, you know, people that are about to fight. And I just, I love that. It's, it's just this moment of ca- beautiful camera work that like really clearly makes it happen without the cheesiness of them going like, wait, I think we're arguing because of the scepter. You know, it's just like really beautiful. Yep. And then, the scene continues, and then he grabs it, and you're like, "Oh, put the put it put it down, Bruce. Put, put it down. down, or use the scepter. Don't turn into you know. If that makes you feel better, don't do that, and don't turn into the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The scepter, the scepter is less damaging than than you being the Hulk. There's so many quips in that earlier scene, though, when they're all sitting around the table, when like Bruce and um, Tony are talking and Cap's like, that's English, like this just going yeah. and going. And it's so fast and mm-hmm. it's so well written and so well acted that it just seems natural. And that's what I like about it. I, I completely agree. And it's, it, it makes a rewatch like all the better. This movie, while, while I, I still think it's kind of, uh, it's simple in its characterizations, it's just got so much going on and so many characters get their moments and so many moments happen rapid fire that it's so rewatchable. Like I've seen it lots and lots of times, but I'm still like sort of surprised by certain lines. Oh, he said that in the background. Oh, he said this. Um, Look at the face banners making like, it's just so much going on on the screen and so many great actors like living in those moments, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. it. It's really, really great. Well, if you want a great moment to live in, <laughs> uh, you should get some Miracle Made sheets. Miracle Made sheets are freaking awesome. Uh, did, did you know that a traditional bed sheet can harbor uh, tons of bacteria? It can lead to acne. Ew allergies, a stuffy nose, and it's just gross. Uh, Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. Um, there's, they're, they're silver infused. It's like a NASA thing that they're using and it, it, it cre- makes the bed sheets, uh, self cooling and self cleaning and, uh, the self cooling nature of them makes them like feel like the highest end of hotel sheets. Like I really, really love these sheets. Yeah. I mean, I've always, you know, been a very hot sleeper. These have been great for us because Ken is not and I can, my husband is not, and I, uh, yeah, can wake up like a sweat monster. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I don't know. It's just been recent. You know, I'm getting older. It just happens. It happens to the best of us. And these have actually really worked. And I have tried linen sheets, expensive ones, which just end up being scratchy. Mm-hmm. I have tried all kinds of stuff. I've tried all, like certain kinds of pajamas, less pajamas, nothing works. These actually do work. And um, I, I, yeah, I'd put my seal of approval on them because I was pretty impressed. They're a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> they are a miracle. Uh, so if you want to experience the miracle for yourself, go to trymiracle.com slash MCU to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save up to 40% 
And if you use our promo code MCU at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get your full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash MCU and use code MCU to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash MCU to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. All right, turn it back to Avengers. Uh, man, it's such a different view of Loki after watching the Loki series and seeing like it is crazy knowing this is the Loki this is the same Loki you know what I mean like the, he he departs here to head in both those directions and it really makes the the glorious purpose of Loki that we saw at the end of the series really feels like it makes the other Loki feel really sad, honestly. Like, thinking about the two oh, versions. Yeah. And, like, I've always thought it was tragic. He sort of just turns his life around and does a nice, like, sort of is starting to work on Thor's team, and then he dies. And, I know. <laughs> and in this one, it, just knowing the, like, that's the two divergent paths we see, we get to see him take from this movie, uh, I just think it's a, such a cool cool thing to watch this movie and think about all the ways he changes. And when he stands in front of those, uh, those, those men like in Germany and that, that, that guy stands up and says, there are always men like you. I love that scene. I love, I that, scene. love that scene. I love that scene. Like I was done with it. It was like mentioning social commentary, like commentary without having to be like really clear about it. Yeah. And then Captain America shows up. He's like, when I was in Germany last, I had a guy. I know. I was like, oh, Cap, you didn't even need to say, like, we all knew what you were, what he was talking about, man. We get it. You fought Hitler. I know. I know. But did you? Or were you just against Red Skull? Yeah. He, he really just fought Red Skull. I mean, he did punch uh, Hitler over 200 times. 200 times. Yeah. Yep. But this is the most evil we have, Loki. I'm pretty sure. This hmm. is the most evil Loki is in, I think, any of the properties that we see him in. Because he kills so many people in the opening scenes. And then even when they keep trying to bring him back, like he, he, you see that moment where we see our Loki for one second when he's on the top of the building. Like, it's, I've, like, it's just too far. I can't, I can't go back now. Mm -hmm, and Thor's exactly. like, no, you can. You can come home. And then he stabs him. Well, they say he's killed 80 people over two days or whatever. That was, yeah, but now look at New York. <laughs> yeah, and then, then there's New York. And I, I love that scene because Thor's Thor he's adopted. Um He's adopted. It's just such a such a good funny line. Um, yeah, Loki just has so many great lines in this movie, and he's just so evil. And it's hard because in the next movie, there's a lot more complexity added in Thor: The Dark World, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But then it sort of all gets undone by him sitting on the throne at the end. Like you mm -hmm. feel like there's all this complexity being added, and then it's a trick. Well, he's like Matt. Are you never not going to fall for that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, I love how how Lucy like one second he's like you know when him and Thor are having the fight on the uh, the mountainside thing. Whenever he's talking about Asgard, he's like, "I'm the rightful king of Asgard." It's like, baby, you were never at any point the rightful king of Asgard. But then the second you bring up Odin, he's like, "He's not my dad." Pick yeah. a lane. Like you cannot have both of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ah, that puny god. That puny, that puny god. god. I love that that's how he gets taken. Like, 
defeated at the end. Mm-hmm. Just ragdoll. Yeah. It's just ragdoll. Perfect. You're not going to bully me. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so silly and over the top, like comic booky, cartoony, but it like works somehow and it fits. And it is like he thinks himself a god, and this is like the lowest creature to him. He thinks of him as like someone to use in his plan. He's a monster, and then he just takes him out and says, puny god. It's like a really, really satisfying moment. Yeah. He's like, ah. I also, I never really, like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of battles in this movie, and one that I never really thought about was when Cap lands and fights Loki just for the two of them for a minute, because... Cap has only really ever fought one super soldier, and that's Red Skull. So he's used right. to being able to beat anyone he f- goes up against pretty easily. And then Loki is expecting no resistance from Earth. He tells Thanos and uh, and his buddy there um, that the mouth of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> he tells them like uh, they're, they're just a, they're a easy people to walk over. And then that's the moment where Loki goes, "Oh crap!" There's this this guy. They both have that "oh crap" moment, and it's a very short moment before Tony shows up. But I thought it was really neat to see them both go, "Oh wait." I I'm not this is this is like another super soldier which I've only faced once and then him being like oh I did not expect this kind of resistance from these people. <laughs> I love that scene. I love um we have to admit that Loki's gala outfit for Germany is just top notch. <laughs> like oh, he looks yeah. so good. And I love that he's just like he always looks good when he comes to Earth. He knows what people are wearing and he just glamours it cuz I was laughing. I was like wait a minute. He glamoured that scepter to look like a walking stick. <laughs> Yes, it's beautiful. He's a, uh, like Tony calls him out. He's like, "It's this is opening night, and Loki, he's a full tilt diva." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh wait, I'm talking about myself." Yes, it's so <laughs> good. Well. it's so good. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and another funny thing I noticed is like how much Eric Salvig, like even though he's on the wrong side because he's glamoured, is just having the time of his life. Because he's gotten so much knowledge. He's like, hey, guy, what's up? This thing is showing me so much cool stuff. And Loki's like, I know, isn't it great? And I'm like, you guys are fun. Yeah. You guys are just fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun scene. Like them just being uh, reveling in they're not like zombie sl- they could they could have easily made them like zombies who are just doing Loki's bidding but like making them like happy to be there gave it a different feel it was cool yeah uh another qu- i had a question um when thor shows up you would kind of think that tony would already know who thor was because he did his homework remember he read all the stuff and mm. if you look when he puts the avengers thing up it's cap it's thor it's banner so it is funny that everyone's acting like they didn't know who he was when he comes in all full tilt. Like, I did my homework and none of you did, blah, blah, is blah. Is Thor in that scene? Because I didn't think that... Uh, he is. Okay. Well, that's that. to me, that's kind of a mistake because like they go around and pick everyone else up. So it's kind of like, who's on the team? And it's it's the other ones. Thor is... Thor shows up and is an antagonist, uh, you know, to them. Like he's not, he's not there to to be. That. So that's weird that he's in that scene when they're uh, showing off who's going to be on the team. Because it would make sense that they would have the stuff on Thor because Coulson's there and the blah blah blah. Thor the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they just kind of forgot about that. Yeah, it, 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 that's a that's interesting. That's a flaw that I've never noticed, but I think that that is a flaw. I think. 10% of me is afraid that I'm wrong, but it's in my notes, so I had to have seen it, and I will go check as soon as I'm off here. Yeah, no, I was pulling it up. Because <laughs> for a second, I'm a little le- – now I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't always trust what I what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do kind of feel like I wrote it down for a reason. 
<laughs> well, it's a- I wouldn't Tony know about Thor from his homework, so I must have seen something. I'm pulling it up. I, I pulled it up. It- yeah, he's there. He's definitely there. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Woo! <laughs> Another thing they did from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they say uh, they're, uh, an agent is a level 7 agent, and he says... Uh, Hey, uh, he's like, I'm level six. I know all about blah, blah, blah. And then a revived Coulson who's been brought back to life steps forward out of the shadows and says, welcome to level seven. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cheesy. Well, it's, it's, it's undercut. It's that great Joss Whedon thing. Cause he steps out of the shadows and says, welcome to level seven. And then he goes, sorry, it was a dark corner. And I've always wanted to do that. Oh <laughs> it's, yeah. It's really, okay. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's, so level seven is like the, the level of agent that he is. And so in this, they say like, we've got a level seven situation or something like that. And so like, they just take all these, Oh yeah. It's purely like the show taking things from the movie and using it like as their fuel, you know, but it's cool how many little things they did like that to like connect to the Agents of shield. It's a lot of fun. Did they have the what? What's the ship that they were on? The helicarrier, right? And that yeah. goes on to be its own villainous character coming up later. The helicarrier carriers, right? Wait, the helicarrier. Well, the helicarriers. Beca- <laughs> the helicarriers are just the ships that Shield uses. But in right. uh, Winter Soldier, they have an update to the helicarrier that, that becomes Project Insight. Yeah, it's Minority Report. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but I was laughing. I was like, you idiots, when they're like on there and both Cap and Banner are like, is this a sub? Uh, there are 25 planes on deck. Like, yeah, it's not a sub. There are airplanes all around you. Yeah. Like, did you really think that that was going down underwater with all of those <laughs> expensive jets on there? I mean, fellas. I guess it's just as plausible because like, it could have, like, a shell could have come over it or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. just as plausible as like, we're going to fly now. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. it's either way. It's like crazy. Oh yeah. How many birds do you think that ship kills? Oh, so many birds. Because it's they're so hidden. <laughs> yeah. The birds are just going right into it. The other part of that scene, I love the banner is just so worried that everybody's gossiping about him. Every, everyone's like, Hey, great to see you. He's like, really good. Good to see you too. What have you heard about me? Well, what else have you said? Has anybody been even talking about me? What are y'all thinking about me? I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's worried. It's really funny. Funny way yeah. to view it. Like, he's like worried about the gossip that's been going on around the ship. Yeah, about, he's just about him. Twisted his hands. Like, is that all you've heard about me? It's like, no, we obviously know what you are. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, Selvig builds in the failsafe, you know, and they may have that nice moment for him to be a hero that he built in the failsafe. But also like that means they do have their minds about them to some degree when they're in their uh like taken over form and like mm-hmm. they're all running around killing everybody or whatever. Like I don't know I don't know if Barton I'm trying to think if Barton actually kills people. He definitely shoots he definitely tries he to kill killed people. a couple people, I think in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just I was just curious if like like it's it's kind of weird that that line gives is a great moment for Selvig, but it kind of throws uh, Hawkeye under the bus. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's why he's like super upset about it. He's like, I killed all those people, and she's like, Don't do that. You know that wasn't you. It's like maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, <laughs> maybe a little bit you. It might have been a little bit you. <laughs> you well, it, I, I will say to give him some uh, head cannon out is that, like, Selvig was under Loki's control for a long time. So, like, maybe he'd, right. like... Because ever since the end of uh, Captain America or whatever. So, like, maybe Selvig had, like, 
had time to work up a resistance to it or something. Oh, that's true. I don't know. That's a good way to, to think about Head it. Headcanon, baby! <laughs> Headcanon. One of the best scenes in this movie is Tony versus Thor, though, in the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. <sighs> Doth your mom know she wear, you wear her drapes? <laughs> and I love that even though Loki and him are having such a an argumentative moment and like everything horrible's going on, when he's about to fight with Tony, he still looks up for some kind of like, are you watching this? You're going to watch what I'm going to do? And then Loki smiles down at him a little bit. Uh, you know, like they have like a little brotherly moment, like I'm coming back to you. Don't worry, but let's watch me beat this guy up. And he's like, go get him. <laughs> that's really cute. That's really cute. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, I think that's really a funny scene. It sort of kind of reveals that like Loki just chilling there. Like Loki could definitely have gotten away, but like it's clear that he wants to get captured. I kept like, I know that they eventually figure it out. And I was like watching. Steve is the only one from the beginning. Like from when they get there, like he doesn't want to just be here. And they're like, no, we don't need to worry about Loki. But you're right. Like Steve says it and nobody else listens to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one who wants to be here. Like there's there's multiple points where Loki could have done something to try to get away or something. And he doesn't. And it just becomes really clear that like it should have gotten clearer sooner. Like, and mm-hmm. I know I'm looking at the movie with like the, uh, you know, I have the glasses of knowing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it no, ends, it's the he's just like I give up. <laughs> they oh, speaking of Loki, so they had that scene. Oh, they they have multiple scenes where he talks about sentiment. He's like, this is base sentimentality. Uh, talking to uh, Black Widow, and he clearly thinks that like sentiment and like caring about someone or something is like a weakness you know oh yeah and it's just interesting because that's the thing in loki he goes on to care about these people at the tva and that's the thing that makes him really change and so i just thought that was an interesting like uh, just like he, he says it multiple times in the movie how like sentiment is a terrible thing i forget he says it to thor when he's right in his face that's after it. he stabs him that's it that's it that's it mm-hmm. um and so this like connection to other people is just like this sentiment that he can't like get behind. And he's like, this is just, this is, just, this is useless. You need to like, just, it's all about power. Um, and as he tells him like, you're, you're ill suited for the throne because of this, because of the way, you, the way you think about this stuff. Yeah. He's like, you think you're better than mm-hmm. them. He's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> he's like the su- the throne is not suited for you then brother. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be a totally like long shot, like probably isn't true. <laughs> but there's a scene the scene in the car chase when they're chasing Loki and he's on the one car and all the uh, shield cars are oh, chasing. Oh, in the Jeeps? Him. Yeah, and they go through like an underground area and there's just a second where there's two lanes and they're kind of shooting at each other across the lanes. Very Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the mine cars. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there's like kind of two lanes and they're sort of next to each other and they're firing back and forth. I just thought it was like really reminded me. Of it. And it's a stone building too. So it just feels like it was like almost an intentional reference to uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with the mine car That's scene. Fun. I don't know if it was, but it seemed like it. It was a good introduction for Hill too, because you can see that she's, you know, she's all business. Yeah. She's a little too much all business. The only, the only person to ever dodge a Clint Barton bullet. Well, that's what I was laughing. I go, wow, I guess Clint Barton can't shoot a gun for shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I never realized that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's Hawkeye. He's, he's the best aim. And he fires like four bullets and misses her. Misses, I guess, because he was under someone else's control. Yeah. Sh- but I guess yeah, that doesn't works. really matter because yeah. he gets 
all of those in on the ship. So never mind. Gosh, that never arrow mind. he mm. fires from the uh, Quinjet that like turns in the wind and goes inside the helicarrier. Is so well, he cool. bends the bullet. What was that movie? Wanted. Yeah, wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he bends it for sure. Okay, I got a bunch more notes. I got a few more things that I want to get to, but like before we do, let's talk about uh, my favorite new drink that is like keeping me going these days. I freaking love it. Uh, AG One, everybody. AG One is uh, is this uh, supplement drink uh, that carries tons of vitamins and minerals uh, and probiotics. And it like really gets kicks off my day every freaking day. Um, I, I first gave it a try because uh, the podcast I'd seen it advertised, and I'd always thought it would just be one more thing to add to my routine, and I didn't do it. But the great thing about it is, it makes me feel really energized, and my body it's a, it's a it's a drink instead of like pills, and my body just seems to digest it better, and I just feel better all day. I was able to cut out a ton of other supplements from my uh, daily routine, so uh, I, I thought for a while I was like, no, I don't want to order that, I don't order it because it would add another thing. But instead, it simplified my routine, and I am freaking loving it. Yeah, it's definitely really really good if you're someone like me who eats like horribly <laughs> don't mean to during the week you just get busy you're working you're tired you know i've had pizza for the last two nights in the row and i'm like i probably should have some kind of mineral or venom or nutrients in me that's not just cheese and bread and that's where i feel better when i drink my ag1 after you know a weekend of terrible eating especially around the holidays it's so important oh, to stay yeah. healthy like it's not hard to get calories into your body during the holidays but the the kinds of food that are around are like not always the most nourishing and uh yeah cookies it's really good. and oh. cakes and cup everything so many cookies oh. and cakes sugar spice and everything nice but you gotta balance that with this wonderful AG1. Uh, not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in with water once a day, every day. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner on the show. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com mcu. That's drink ag1.com slash mcu check it out i don't even know how to get into what what, i have so many other little notes that i just like love um and i don't have like a good like narrative way to reach them so i don't know i can just run down things i'm with you mine is just like you uh, you got anything like shut up you know just uh just tons of stuff just like you so the more you go through them i'm sure we'll probably have a lot of the same ones but it is just like Budapest joke. Like, that's yeah. where this came from, Budapest. or this is where this joke started. So and many. And it never stopped. So many, like, not only jokes, but, like, character elements. Like, that we talk about it all the time, how Tony's not the one laid on the wire. Like, that's, like, a line we use all the time to talk about Tony's yeah, arc. But he does it in this one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. He does it in this one, and then is, like, like that's that's his arc. Like, he's he's learning to be sacrificial through all these movies, and, like... He definitely like this is his third movie, and he like makes that makes that decision, and then of course in the end does it again. Um, but man, love that. Um, 
I love that this movie starts with that, like, <laughs> I, I hate to say this because it sounds almost insulting, but I think, like, the over-the-top costuming and, like, everything in the opening of the movie with the villain monologue and, like, the Tesseract um, and, like, Loki receiving the scepter, it's, like, out of Power Rangers. It's so over-the-top. Oh, yeah. Like the- what will they do? <laughs> <laughs> it really does feel like a child's movie, and I... I like I, I don't dislike it at all, but it, it it feels like a lot of the other movies they didn't soften the comic bookiness of it. That's one thing that Marvel doesn't tend to do. Like Captain America is Captain America, and Thor is Thor. But like, I guess Thor is very over the top with the costuming. But I feel like uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and Hulk have, up to this point everything's been pretty muted in the costuming department, nothing like too yeah. crazy, but that opening. Cap's pretty spangly. Oh yeah, but he's less spangly in the in the Captain America movie though. He's got the sort of muted right. colors with the brown, like they make a joke of his super spangly colors in the dance routine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they go on to give him sort of a muted suit to take out in into battle, you know. And so like it that first scene just always stands out to me as like Am I watching Power Rangers right now? But, like, not in a bad way, but just, like, in an over-the-top way, you know? Yeah. If we would have found out that Rita Repulsa was behind all this, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Not Thanos. Totally. <laughs> like, that that guy you, you called uh, Sauron's mouth or whatever, like, he is totally, like, a Rita Repulsa, like, yeah. flunky. Like, it's weird. <laughs> you death threaten! You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just not, it's not too far off. The voice isn't too far off either. Yeah, oh, it's man. very funny. Very funny. I love the efficiency of storytelling of uh, the little girl running to Banner uh, to to oh, get him yeah. to come. Meety Baba, she's so cute. Yeah, she's so freaking <laughs> cute. And like, he's like, "Oh, they make spies that spies start that small now." And she's like, "I did." It's just like so well done. Like, it shows who he is because he cares and wants to help this little girl. It shows who Natasha is, the kind of war she's fought, and the kind of character she's been her whole life. Like, it's just such an efficiency of storytelling. I think it's so rad. Well, that must have been the scariest part for them releasing this movie, is how people were going to react to their new Hulk, because it hadn't been great. Everybody's always Mm -hmm. had something to say about the Hulk movies, and it's like, now we got Mark Ruffalo, which... I wouldn't it wouldn't have been my first pick back then to be the Hulk. Oh, sure. I probably wouldn't have thought the guy from thirteen going on thirty would make a great Bruce Banner. <laughs> but he nailed that. Like he nails the beginning. You believe him. That's what I'm talking about. Getting the good actors mm-hmm. um, to do these. It's so important. It really um, is. They're believable, and I think that was a perfect intro for what was you know going to be our Bruce Banner. And I think he did a really good job throughout this one. Because he's he's a little bit more jokey now, like especially when we get all the way to She Hulk, like it's kind of like hey guy guys, oh, yeah. hey you know, She Hulk and Ragnarok too, like yeah are, yeah, he, he obviously is like leaning towards the jokes a little more, but like this one, man, when he changes and Nat is next to him, the Hulk, yeah, we're okay, right? We're okay. <laughs> the Hulk looks at looks at Nat in like with shame on his face, yeah, because it's still enough banner there to be like. Uh, ashamed of what he's about to do and i'm about oof. to rip you from rim the limb i'm so sorry oh, yeah girl, it's crazy man <laughs> oh what a good scene i love that too when she gets the way she's just flipping all over the place to get away from him mm-hmm. i also love about the hulk that they like they the hulk is a character and I, without ever saying this 
but like what we see with Ragnarok and what we see in this movie, he's a character that's like, as a character, isn't trying to do what's right necessarily. He's just like trying to fight. Like he wants to yeah. smash. And so in the, uh, in the Chitari scene, he smashes the Chitari because that's like he's on a team and he's like, he doesn't fight the good guys. He fights the bad guys because they're what's fun to smash. But as soon as he's left alone in a room with Thor, he punches him for no he reason. He punches him. Yeah. He's like, that's for the ship, man. I don't think I forgot. Yeah. Well, it's also like you never. Oh, yeah. That's a good point that they fought hard on the ship. And so there's still some animosity there. But like he never. Hulk is not there. He doesn't have Banner's brain, and he's not there to fight the good fight. He's just, like, doing, I don't know, his own thing, and it, like, mm-hmm. works out. And it's kind of like we talked about uh, with Hulk in the past. Just like, you just got to aim him and fire him at the bad guys at, at some yeah. point. Yeah. Well, and then talk about such a different transformation then to the beginning of Age of Ultron with that Hulk that we see who is on the team, who is working in more of a Mm -hmm. unit, who is being talked down by Nat and able to change back and living that in-between life. And I wish we could have gotten to see that like in be- i know not in between movies we have too many movies going on know. you know as it was but like her training like him training with them as the hulk or something like they had to figure out that she could do you know sun's getting real low at some time yeah yeah it's, it's one of those things it's like i would love to see that but at the same time it's like do we need to see that and like no i just need it for me yeah yeah i, I want to see everything like i want every moment mm-hmm. in this universe to be actually like laid out for me but uh that's when we should have had the tv shows like Avengers Academy during the week, <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. what everybody's doing. Totally. Um, there's an amazing, you, you spoke about how like so many things in this movie, like lay out what is, what goes forward and things we think about all the time. The scene with Tony and Pepper, I think is one of the most important scenes to show us their relationship, like the 12% uh, conversation and just them being together. We really don't see them together much. They kiss at the end of Iron Man 2. Then they're not together after this movie, or is it after Age of Ultron? Mm. No, she's not in Ultron either. That's right. That's right. She, she, because he went back to his suits, so she's in Iron Man three. We get to see him like he gives it up for her, and then he's back in the suits, and they're really not together again until Infinity War or Endgame. I guess Spider Man Homecoming. He proposes at the end of. That's right. That's right. He does. Yeah. So we know they're back together, but we don't just don't we just don't get a lot of time with them after. Like the first Iron Man, almost second Iron right. Man, I guess. Um, and so I just really, really love uh, that scene to kind of showcase what their relationship is like, you know? Yeah, he's like, "Can you call your mom and ask if you can bunk over?" Yeah, <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute. And then I love that uh, at the end, the phone call to her because that scene works so well, and they seem so uh, comfortable together. And it's it's a relationship I want to work because of that scene, you know? Yeah. It makes that call to her, like, so much more powerful at the end. I know. She, she doesn't answer, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man. Well, then you were talking about um, things like wanting to express something on screen without getting too cheesy. We've talked about that a couple times in this episode. And, like, that's a thing. I think if he'd answered and had a conversation, it might have gone too far into the, like – Cheesy. They did it later and it worked. So it was good to kind of hold that back. Yeah. Well, she calls him when he is flying to space in Infinity War. Yes, 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 yes. Remember us? Oh, God. We were all like, she's going to say she was pregnant. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like the right time and place to do it. And I thought, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's good her watching and being distracted. Mm -hmm. And he did. He had to do that on his own. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really like 
how in this movie they introduce the idea that Cap is struggling with his like position as Cap. Like he's Captain America, and he starts to say like things have changed. Like um, basically, and he he points out like the isn't the Star Spangled look a little old fashioned? And he says, I think we need a little old fashioned right now. But mm-hmm. it's clear that he's like seen the history of America and where it's gone, and like. He's starting to question, like, whether just working on the side of America is always the right thing. And then, of course, we get the Hydra reveal in Cap 2. And it's like, that's just, that's all started right here with these sort of seeds of doubt that he has Mm -hmm. about S.H.I.E.L.D. and about America. And whether, like, whether he can be a man who's just taking orders. And in this movie, he tells the crew, he's like, we have our orders. Because he just, like... He misses the comfortable nature of knowing good good from bad and like knowing right. that the people are, that are telling him what to do are telling him the right thing. And that plays into the whole idea that like when civil war comes, he's like, no, I am like the, the, the best hands to keep the decision making in are our own because I've been letting the decisions be made for me for a hundred years and it doesn't always work. Like I need to be a part of the decision making process. Yeah, which is, it's so good for a character like that to have flaws, because in this, he's kind of, you're like, you're being real uptight, Cap. I'm like, you're getting on my nerves a little bit with this whole, we have to follow orders, and that's not part of the thing, and don't even poke him, you're putting us all in danger. I'm like, first of all, Leper's Banner speak for himself, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, I wouldn't be on here if a little, you know, excuse, a little prick could bother me, or whatever <laughs> he said, but uh yeah, but then you see it kind of like, you can see the beginning of the path that he's going to go down. But then for him, just like, that's why when we get to Civil War, it's also just as obnoxious that it's like there's no leeway when they're trying to get to the end of, you know, trying to solve the position that they're at when yeah. we get there. And that's where it starts to get frustrating again, too. But we'll get there when we get to Civil War. Yeah, we will. But you can see that back and forth. And he just quit, like, in this one, he just can't stop. Like, when he's like, oh, is this the first time you lost a soldier? And Tony, like, screamed at him. He's like, I'm not a soldier. Like, we're not soldiers. Yeah. Like, what? I'm a soldier. <laughs> Coulson's kind of a soldier. <laughs> when we talked about last week with all the uh, montages, how 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 much they use the montages in Captain America. Oh yeah, and I will say, like, I really appreciate the montages because when Cap starts fighting in this one, when he goes and fights Loki, and then later on when he's like doing some of the just fighting he does when he jumps out of the plane, like it just all makes Cap feel well lived in. Like he's he's not new to battle, he's not new to any of this. He's the world's first superhero, so like he's right. just he's done. If they just made, if they hadn't included those montages, particularly the ones where he's actually going on mission after mission after mission, it would have felt like, oh, well, Cap fought Red Skull and then was frozen, and we don't really know. You know, it's like they did a really good job. The montages are so important, not only for that movie, but like going forward. I think they're really, really important. Yeah, agreed. 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 There's a line where, um, when they're arguing, he's, uh, uh, I think it's Cap says, is everything a joke to you? And, and uh, Tony says, uh, funny things are. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's so snippy. He's so snippy. Quips, quips, quips. Yeah, and, and this is kind of what we were talking about last week with him, like, not really being in the moment. He's so smart, and he's so th- he's thinking all things at the same time, that, like, he's outside the moment. Like, he sees the humor of the moment, even though they're in the middle of a terrible situation. Like, he kind of always right. does, and that's just a part of his, like, humor and his character, and I just love, love, love that. Well, and one thing they don't talk about this movie 
in this movie that much is how jealous he is of Cap and the time mm. that he had with his father. And yes. we don't get into that until later is there is this underlying thing that Cap doesn't know anything about, you know. Yeah, I was actually shocked that they don't mention his father and when they do meet. Like I Yeah, they don't talk about it to each other. All, yeah. He's like that's the guy my dad's raving about and it's like but they don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know, I know they do in future movies, but I really wish they'd said it, something about it in this one because it does seem like Tony would immediately. But maybe does that jealousy where he doesn't want to admit that this is an icon that he grew up with? You know, he's like, my dad liked you more than me. Well, yeah, he's not the fanboy that Coulson is. He doesn't want to come off that way. He wants to come off cool and collected and like you are the first superhero, but I'm I'm the modern day guy. Like I'm the superhero. Yeah. My last note I have is um. I was watching, so like anytime there's something that pivots on one thing, it makes me think about the what if, uh, it, it pivots to really close. And I was thinking about what if when I was watching this, like how it's coming. And I was watching him fall out of the sky when Tony falls out of the portal and just barely makes it, just barely misses. Yeah, Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love when Hulk wakes him up. I know. Well, that's because it gets a little bit like he was there enough and present enough to be like, I'm going to catch him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was going to kill himself for us. <laughs> totally. But yeah, and that's the thing, like Hulk does have this like sort of honor among the people he's battling with. Yeah. Um, but, but something that I thought of as he's falling through that portal and then it just becomes space. Like it, he disappears, it just becomes space. I really would love to see the what if episode where he missed it. And he ends up oh, that'd be cool. out in space, like kind of like what they did with T'Challa, where like uh, they picked up T'Challa instead of Star Lord. But like, yeah, yeah. let Tony it, in at the end of 2012's Avengers, like he misses it and he's out in the cosmic area and just has to like he'd be like on a journey to get home to Pepper, you know? Like that'd be really really cool and like seeing Tony navigate the like politics and technology and all of that of the galaxy as he's making his way back to Earth. I think that would be a really great... I feel like we kind of get that in Endgame. We do, we do. I, I want to see him, like, interact with multiple, like, different cultures and species and sort of, like, what if he encountered the Kree way back then and, like, he encounters mm-hmm. Thanos' armies again. He's, like, running from the... Maybe the Chitauri are chasing him because they see him run from that, like, battle after he blows up their ship. And so they're, like, chasing him through the galaxy and he's trying to, like, shake him while he's on his way home. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it could be really fun. I'd like to see Tony in space more, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at least we got some of it. I can, I can say it's deeper than that, but I just want to see Tony yeah. out, out in space. I like the end. The end goes on like it is a little while. The end is a bit mm. montagey, but I like the they're playing the really nice music over it. It goes over and over, and then I love that they start building Avengers Tower at the end. Yeah. You know, my little nerd heart almost exploded. And then we see Thanos, and that's when we find out for the first time that that's what's coming next. I feel right. We didn't know it was going to be Thanos until then. We didn't, and according to behind the scenes stuff and reports and interviews or whatever, like they hadn't planned it till now. And so there's a few things that cue you into that because like they talk about the staff and how it was powered by the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. He's like, you would betray him or something. Oh, I don't, the mouth says. Yeah. Yeah. He does say that, but like, I'm just talking about like the, the scientist bros talk about how the, the staff is powered by the Tesseract, which isn't true. They're two different infinity stones. We find out later, but like, it's interesting because, like, apparently, 
it goes that they didn't have that plan and Joss Whedon decided to add it. Like the, uh, I mean, obviously he got clearance, but it was like apparently a Joss Whedon decision to add Thanos to the end of this movie. So like the idea that the Tesseract and the um, staff are Infinity Stones was not Mm -hmm. in the plan. Like that wasn't the plan until they made this movie and they were like, that's a pretty good idea, Joss. And then they did it and then they go on and like, Oh, that's cool. Ultron, of course they knew because at that point they they bring in uh, they 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 crush it and bring in the Mind Stone and they but it makes sense because that the Mind Stone is what's corrupting their minds throughout this whole movie, right? Well, that's why I remember we talked about it during Captain America is it was confusing for me that that was different stones because they're both the same color, they're both blue, they had the space open portal thing, and it, it it's hard to tell the difference between the Space Stone and the Mind Stone in this one because it looks exactly the same. They're using the same colors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. At this point, they hadn't planned that yet. So, like, right, it's right. just... Right, right. And that makes more sense, yeah, yeah. like, for why. And, it, and it, th- there's one little out that, like, makes sense, and it gives them an out. Like, at one point, they're... So, they talk about how the staff is powered by the Tesseract, which is not true. But then, at one point, they're talking about the staff, and they, um, they're, like, examining it once they get it in their hands, and they say, see the readings are very similar and like it, it kind of shows that like that's the only reason they think it's powered by it. Cause it's like the similar energy, but it's just because okay. they're both infinity stones and they both have right, like right, cosmic right. energy or whatever. Okay. That's fun. It is. I love this movie. My science nerd thing is like that nuke going off in space. Wouldn't have made any sound. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It, it, it bothers me every time. I do really <laughs> like how it um, blows out in a perfect sphere though. Because, like, that, oh, that cool. would yeah. be, like, what would happen, theoretically. There wouldn't be a mushroom cloud, obviously, because there's no gravity. So, it's just, like, a perfect sphere starts engulfing the thing. I, I think it's so cool. <laughs> and then we get uh, Stan Lee's cameo. Yeah. His superheroes in New York, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man, it's so good. All right. Well, um, guys, I, that's our Avengers coverage, I guess. Did you have anything else? Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. We, we're going to go get shawarma now, right? Yeah, of course. Shawarma well, happens now? We got to go, <laughs> take care of one more thing. Oh, and then shawarma. Yeah. After. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. So, that, that's even funnier to, like, I don't know. I'd forgotten that he says it twice. And, like, the, like the, the shawarma after, it's like, it reminds me of, like, a little kid. Like, a little kid does oh, yeah. that. Like, can we do this? Like, we got to do this. And then this after? And it's like, it's yeah. really, really funny to me. We're just going to take the day yeah. tomorrow. So, Call in so sick. good. <laughs> so, so good. Well, Ashley, thank you for joining me uh, on this uh, journey through the Infinity Saga. We, we did phase one. We talked about all, we re-talked about all of phase one. Crushed it. Crushed it's fun. It. I love this. Yeah. I'm really, really happy to be doing it with you. Um, and uh, guys, we'll be back soon with more of our Infinity Saga rewatch. Um, and we'll have a, a, another episode this later this week. And then we'll be back to talk about Iron Man 3 next Tuesday. So, uh, and then we... Next week's Winter Soldier, right? No. What's next? Uh, Iron Man 3? Iron Man 3. You got two okay. more movies, unfortunately, till uh, we got Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. Real dark moment. Okay. <laughs> you know, we always talk about those being two of the two of the worst. Like, I love Iron Man 3 and Jeff loves Thor The Dark World, but we argue about over those being uh, the, the which one's worse. Oh, yeah. And so it's funny that they're, like, right next to each other. Like, if, I, I have... <laughs> uh, there's a special place in my heart for... Uh, for Thor, Thor the Dark World, mm-hmm. but it all ends the second Loki's 
out of the story. Oh, yeah. I see that. It gets so boring. I don't care anymore. Yeah, that was a big I th- mistake I on think that you're, part. I think you're right. I think it's largely because the villain's bad. But we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. That's true. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back soon with more MCU. Please follow us, subscribe. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash mcucast. And, uh, yep. Thanks, patrons. We love you. We love you so much, patrons. Thank you. Uh, and we'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.